Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Mojack. My name is Ryan. My name's Brad. In this episode, we're discussing SST 102, the various artists' album No Age. This is an interesting album. We mentioned it at the end of last episode that this is like a a pretty cool preview of stuff that we're going to encounter shortly on the show here. And I don't know about you, Brent, but it was like a real wild listen this week. Oh, and yeah. I loved it. Real wild. I loved it. Yeah. Um, for, for me, listening to this, the thing that came to my mind is this compilation, it's like the best soundtrack for a movie that's never been made is kind of how it felt to me. For me, it was like, this is where we're going. This is like, yeah. this is the start of SST being, you know, a home for the avant-garde. If it wasn't already. Yeah. And I mean, it's obviously a catalog number off the shelf because it goes way into like, I think it's SST 170. The paper bag release, A Land Without Fences, is the one that is the latest release that's covered on this compilation. But it's definitely like a, a prequel, I guess, for the next 70 episodes or so. Yeah. Before we get into the history lessons, I've got a quick micro spiel, Brent. Okay, go. So, I can't. I don't know when this episode is going to come out relative to like what day it actually is, but this week was the 40th anniversary of the Clash album London Calling. Okay. I don't know if you caught that. Did not. Did not. Well, and I mean, I think I'm probably a bigger Clash fan than you are. Is that fair? Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Well, anyways, I mean, the Clash are a big band for me. Joe Strummer uh, is still like an icon for me, for sure, for a number of reasons. And I've hipped folks to a number of books that have come out recently. Of course, there's like a 40th anniversary edition of London Calling that's been oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, there's that. I did uh, see that, yeah. Yeah. There, There's already been a number of bonus London Calling editions out there. This latest one has just got additional write-ups. But I thought I'd hit people to something else that's come out that I'm I'm really into regarding The Clash. Now, I mentioned a couple of books in uh, recent episodes that have come out by a guy named Tim Satchwell. A couple of good indie books on The Clash. One is called All the Peacemakers. It's uh, about Give Them Enough Rope. And then there's one called Combat Ready about the Combat Rock album. I also mentioned there is a, uh, a book that came out recently called This is Joe Public Speaking by a guy named Anthony Davey. And that's really a book of personal accounts from people kind of just talking about what the clash meant to them or shows that they went to. And I got another book in the mail recently. I ordered this one from the UK and it looks really killer it's a it's a hardcover and it's got all these like just zillions of pictures that i've never seen and i've got a fair amount of clash books and looked up a fair amount on the clash over these there's just tons of stuff and lots more kind of personal accounts in here but in the in the book inside the liner there was a little slip of paper and it said this thanks very much for your book purchase we hope you enjoy the read we would hugely appreciate it if you could please recommend to friends and associates and perhaps leave a review wherever appropriate. 
thanks for supporting small independent publishing. So the, this, uh, these two Tim Satchwell books and this Anthony Davy book, they're uh, independent publishers, and so is this one by a guy named Tony Beasley. Anthony Davies also involved in this one, and the book is called Ignore Alien Orders, which, if you'll recall, was a, a sticker or a, a little sign that was on Joe Strummer's telly all those years. And uh, it's subtitled On Parole with the Clash. And uh, it's new from 2019, hardcover. Tony even inscribed it personally, which is very nice. And so I would just encourage anyone who's got any sort of interest in something very un an unusual and very cool and um, not oft-seen document of The Clash from a bunch of personal accounts in a very nice hardcover book. Check that one out. Mm. You've got your own Clash library going. I do, man. Yep. I've read, and you know, I've read a few of them more than once, too. Right on, man. That's it for me. How about you? I don't think it is it for you because I want to ask you a question. Oh, man. Is it a test? No, it's not a test. It's okay. A question. Thank God. Another band I know that is huge for you, probably a top five band, I'm guessing. Well, I'm not guessing. I know this for a fact, is The Replacements. Yes. And you have not spieled about The Replacements box set yet. Oh, don't don't bring this up. I want to. Don't bring this I'm wanna, up. I'm, I'm tr Ryan, we need the ratings. I'm trying to get some controversy going. I'm trying to... <laughs> You need we need the ratings. I'm trying to get a Ryan's rant going. Oh man. Oh where is your how come you haven't heard Dead Man's Pop yet? Oh god. I've even heard it. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> I haven't heard a note. I have not heard a single note. Don't say anything. I, I don't know what exactly has happened. I've complained so many times to like the Warner Brothers or Rhino pre order male people they've had like some major screw up in their warehouse they've they've written me back a couple of times but it's just like a total form email saying mm -hmm. you know we're aware blah 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 we'll get to you when we get to you and don't i don't even want to talk about it it makes me sick to my stomach that i can't even hear this stuff yet and i know you'll say oh i could listen to it on whatever <laughs> i could go and i listen. know better I know better than don't, that. Don't tell me. I want to. I want to get it, and open it up, and listen to it from start to finish in one set. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I'm sure you've got some super exclusive edition coming. Uh, yeah, with like the bonus cassette and everything, man. Hey, maybe it'll be like when Numero Group messed up with your Husker Du box set, and you got like a lithograph or whatever you got. Oh, <laughs> well, that's different. That was different. They were they. Uh... Numero sent me, um, for the Husker Du box set, they sent me a double order by accident. And oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I wrote them back and I said, hey, guys, you know, I've got a couple extra box sets here. What should I do? And they uh, they got me to redirect them to a couple of other people in Canada who had ordered to uh, to save on shipping. Like, I shipped them on my own dime, but then they sent me a couple of a lithographs to say thank you yeah nice uh i don't think i don't think i'm so lucky this time i think uh, warner brothers and rhino screwed up royally i think they suck big time 
And where is my box set? Now it's coming. Now it's coming. Come on, Ryan. You have a platform here. Use it. I'm so choked. I should have heard this many times by now, but whatever. Okay. Uh, on a lighter note, speaking of the Husker, <laughs> of Husker Du and the replacements. <laughs> and speaking of pre-orders, Ryan, did you see there's a movie about Jay's Longhorn, a documentary? Oh, no, I didn't see that. That'll be okay. cool. Well, it's, the website is longhornfilm.com. There's a Facebook page too. And, you know, obviously it's got stuff about the Huskers, replacements, the suburbs, suicide commandos. It's got interviews with Bob Mould, uh, Peter Jesperson, Terry Katzman, rest in peace, passed away a couple weeks ago. Yep. Uh, it's out on Blu-ray and DVD November 25th. Nice. Well, hopefully it's not being put out by rhino or warner brothers because you won't even get it <laughs> after you pay the exorbitant shipping to canada give me a break hey, hey everyone hey hey, hey everyone hey. pre-order pre-order come on get your pre-order in for this exclusive package then we're going to screw it up for months ryan's rancer is over jesus okay anyway i got i've got a couple recommends only one of them's for you though okay only because you probably have these other two records all right okay here's the one that's for you maybe i don't know if this is something you'd be into but i thought it was relevant considering you know we're doing an all instrumental record do you know the band dysrhythmia i do not okay they're like an avant-garde proggy jazzy metal band but not like i think metal that you could handle like melvin's <laughs> metal heaviness yeah hmm but not, but but also you know mathy too finger tapping no none of that kind of stuff pinched harmonics none of that okay maybe i'm in okay they have a number of great releases on labels like relapse uh profound lore uh very consistent output their new one is on translation loss records their first for that label it's their eighth studio album it's called Terminal Threshold. You know the band we like called Removal from Victoria? Oh, yeah. They're kind of like Removal without the samples. Okay. Cool band. Hmm. Dysrhythmia. Okay. Okay, here's my other two. This is a band, I think this came up like three or four episodes ago, and I was like, I have that record. It's purple. And that's all I, literally all I knew about it. It's this Great Plains Naked at the Buy and Sell record. Yeah, because I told you about that re, uh, reissue of the Great Plains EP. That record, that purple one you have in your hand right there, is a good record, man. It is good. So I was walking into the records, into my local record store about a year ago, and and my guy was like, "Hey, you'd probably like this. It's on Homestead." Yeah. And it was exactly. five bucks, so I just bought it, and I don't know if I ever listened to it, to be honest with you. Uh, so I did after that episode, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, Columbus, Ohio band, founded 1981. Three full-length albums and an EP, uh, a live and rarities comp, some singles. The singer, Ron House, went on to form the Thomas Jefferson Slave Apartments. Yep. And he has a new band called the Counterintuits. Okay. Do you know that band? I don't know that one. I know the, the Thomas Jefferson one. This song, This album has a track on it called letter to a fanzine where the lyrics go 
He likes everything that comes out on 4AD. She likes everything that comes out on SST. SST, yep. You like almost everything that comes out on Homestead. Great Plains. Yeah, and that record that we mentioned a couple episodes ago is uh, the Mark, Dawn, and Mel EP that came out on Rerun Records in 2017. So, uh, yeah. No, I'm glad you got into some Great Plains. I'm telling you, man, like, Homestead has got so much good stuff on there. I should almost write a blog on that. Maybe you should. It's a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's my second one that's not for you because I can guarantee you have this too. So, you know, our friend Kevin, who has the Lifeform podcast? Yeah, right. Do our listeners know what Lifeform is? Lifeform is a cool podcast that our friend Kevin does. Uh, It's like a you know, a lowbrow art podcast. He interviews, you know, people that, that do a kind of lowbrow art. He's got a clothing line. His Instagram is awesome. It's like a drawing club. He sent me this in the mail. It's a Dos Domin live LP that I don't have called Entertaining Friends on City Slang Records. Yeah, man. Got it. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah. I'd never heard it before. So, Thanks, Kevin, and everyone should check out Lifeform. He hasn't released a new episode in about a year, but it sounds like that could change. So hopefully it does because it's a great podcast. Hey, I was just thinking, um, I was listening to a band earlier this week that's instrumental that I was like, oh, I wonder if Brant knows about this band. It's heavy um, because you mentioned like Melvin's instrumental. What was that first band you mentioned a few moments ago? Dysrhythmia. Right. So this is not a mathy instrumental band. It's more of just a heaviness, but the band and the record um, is quite old, I guess. 2011. It's a self-titled by this band called Electric Hawk. Hmm. You ever heard that? That, sound, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, man. But... I bet you'd like that. Hmm. Electric Hawk. Sounds There's familiar, this... but I can't place it. All right, man. Is it time to go to the no age? I think it is. History lesson, part one. All right, so this record is like a mind blower after mind blower, all these all these songs. It's, um, it's a compilation of instrumental music on SST, some that we've covered in episodes gone by. And then, as I mentioned earlier, releases up to SST 170, the paper bag album, A Land Without Fences. It's a, it's a double LP. It was a specially priced double LP. So we have four sides. It also came out on CD and cassette in uh, 1987. And I was able to uncover some advertisements from back then, Brant, that I think are kind of good to go through to set the stage. Cool. It's mostly stuff we haven't heard, though, I would say. Don't you think? Mostly. There's, you know, Lawndale, um, Alternatives, Gone, Black Flag, but 80% we've not heard before. You're right. Okay, hit me with some ads. Okay, so this ad I was able to locate, and it appears as though it was in, uh, like, Spin from November, December 1987, and it goes like this. No age. Where there is nothing, anything can happen. Welcome to No Age, a specially priced double LP sampler. 
No Age is a compilation of instrumental music compositions. The music contained belongs nowhere. It is time for No Age to begin. And I think that's pretty that's pretty fitting for this mm-hmm. record once we get into it. I also, um, it's interesting, last week we were covering Tar Babies in Andrew Earle's book, Gimme Indie Rock, did not mention Tar Babies, but it does mention this No Age. Oh, really? Double- yeah, at the end of Andrew Earle's book, there is a list of what he calls a very cursory list of 25 essential various artist compilations. Right. And this one this one is uh, noted in there, um, and it is very cursory, but then he also mentions, and yes, the band No Age, which is like a sub-pop band that I like. Yeah. Um, no, the band No Age is named after this record. He confirms that. Mm-hmm. And then I also found... It's, it's a bit lengthy, but it's a good one, I thought. A quote from All Music. And uh, it goes like this. Quote, This is a great disc to listen to when you're really pissed off and want to destroy something. An unsung classic of the avant-garde music scene. No Age is, on the surface, simply a compilation of experimental instrumental music. The difference, though is that most of the musicians who participated on the album came not from the jazz world, but from punk rock or an underground even the most adventurous listeners rarely visited. Though SST is a California label, there is little evidence of the reverb Stratocasters and dance party music of old. Instead, the listeners find a cornucopia of melodic, rhythmic, harmonic, and most importantly, sonic textures that constantly challenge and surprise. The variety here is nothing short of stunning, and that's very true. Mm-hmm. From from Greg Ginn's inside-out deep purple riffs with Black Flag and Gone, to the scenic Cali jams of Palmel, Paper Bag, Lawndale, and the Alternatives, to the NYC art damage scene via Ronaldo, Sharp, and Kaiser, to the free jazz crescendos of universal congress of and this is the author saying this album blew my mind when it first came out and still does for those who tire easily of completely improvised aimless noodling there are several pieces based on more traditional melodic and harmonic concepts for those looking for complete freak out music there's that too in some ways this album is one of the most successful comps of all time in that it effectively presents a cohesive yet comprehensive overview of an incredibly diverse genre, all the while remaining eminently listenable. Overall, No Age is an absolute must-have for any fan of left-of-center music that has heart and soul. I thought that was pretty good. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I don't love all of this, but I appreciate the whole thing. And and it's true, like... This is definitely, they were going for a certain aesthetic on this. Like, there was other, I was trying to think of other SST instrumental stuff, you know? Like, Meat Puppets, Tar Babies, Minutemen, lots of, there was, there's was. there been lots of bands that we've talked about that had instrumental stuff that are not on this comp, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is very avant-garde guitar-driven, I would say. Yeah. The cool thing for me, a couple of things I noted was many of these artists are still releasing music, which is awesome. And uh, my favorite thing, 
I have to give a plug here, Ryan, for our Instagram page because it's curated by me and I put a lot of work into it. Like it's crazy how many of these bands have, you really have to scour the, the web to find stuff. And, uh, I had to do that for some of these bands. And the one thing I really like about many of these artists is their haircuts. (laughs) (laughs) Do tell. Especially Glenn Phillips, because he and I have the same haircut. What, when you were a kid? The Tony No, Hawk? now. Now. Oh, now. Why? Because, oh, why? All these guys are all bald? Yeah, they're all bald. They're all bald. <laughs> <laughs> you really like all the bald haircuts? Yeah. By these amazing guitarists? Yep. <laughs> and another thing I found, Ryan, is I found a uh, SST press release from 1987. It's dated July 1st, 1987. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, there's a few blank spots on it, like SST 92, Cracks in the Sidewalk is blank. And that one, if you're remembering, Ryan, it came out in 1988. Cracks in the Sidewalk did the SST yeah. re- reissue. Came out after this one. Yeah. And uh, what uh, number 102 is not listed. That's the one we're on. Uh, 105, Screaming Trees, is not listed. And 107 and 108, the Painted Willy singles, are not listed. But everything else is. So I think this probably came out after all, if some if not all of this stuff was actually released. Yeah, this. but why would it be dated 87 though? I don't know. Well, remember they put out a zillion records in 87, right? Yeah, I suppose. I got a few things from a few of the people involved. I got a, I got a little spiel from Ray Farrell. Do it. He told me, I don't remember the timeline of when albums were released compared to the comp single concept. Greg wanted to issue an album of instrumental tracks and bands, and I think every band had at least one LP on SST or was about to. It was a sampler, although I don't recall if the price was reduced like Blasting Concept, which you just confirmed that it was. Yep. Here's an interesting point that he made, though. It is also part of a next level of SST in which the artists were not all road dogs. Ah, interesting. Right? More like a, more of a studio-based thing. Yeah. Well, some of these guys are were like, by this point, had established themselves as really heavy avant-garde players. And as you say, they're still putting out stuff today. Yeah. Well, and a lot of these guys were, I don't know, like Steve Fisk, for example, is more known as a as an engineer and producer. I'm pretty sure he recorded the the uh, Screaming Trees EP. We're going to be getting to in a couple episodes, you know. Yeah, well, he's a, he was in Pell Mell, right? Right, that's true. Okay, here's a thing I got from Michael Whitaker, who I think it says on the back of this LP sequenced it. It says sequencing and liner notes by Michael Whitaker. Yeah. Yep, he definitely did the liner notes. Okay. Here's what he says, and this is typical Spaceman, so. It was, like most stuff in that era, born from Greg just riffing. It is no age, like he spells it K-N-O-W. Oh. Like like knowing the deep, the real. Words lie, but the groove remains. That biting, driving deal that spikes the adrenochrome delivery system. Greg was in the van on the gone one-day tour of L.A., I'd been booking Gone at record stores on each stop on that L.A. tour. 
Back home, we did 10 shows in one day. <laughs> in the van, blasting in between each stop, grokked. <laughs> we grokked mightily how the real shit is instrumental. I loved soundtracks and never really dug words. Being a liar at heart, I knew they meant little. So, no age, like all age, like most things, an inside joke. Greg wanted me to do whatever I wanted. He gave me an ounce of Tovar's reefer and the mandate. <laughs> I think I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's an impressive document. Don't yeah. like, like, uh, what a mind blower for sure. And, and not, not to be confused with like no age is not to be confused with no wave, which was like, I think people probably make that mistake. Um, I think it's a play on all that stuff and the no New York thing or whatever. Yeah, it's got to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, No Wave was kind of a a dig at new wave music. And yeah. this is obviously to kind of say like this music. I mean, the way I was thinking about it when I was listening to it is like, do they mean welcome to no age in the sense that this music is timeless? Maybe. Maybe. I also thought it was like, you know, new age music like is, is instrumental. You know what I mean? Maybe. I would not call any of this as like new age that I think of, right? No, but I thought it was maybe a Maybe a dig a new age. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Do you want to go over to the tracks, Ryan? Yeah, we've got a lot to go through. Let's do it. Okay, let's get going. History lesson part two. Okay, Ryan, as we mentioned, there's insane liner notes here from Michael Whitaker. And I also, uh, I mentioned that one ad from 1987. That same ad has got additional Whitaker notes as well that we should probably, oh, wow. we should probably mention a couple of those um, as we go through as well. So okay. the first track is by Black Flag. It's Southern Rise, which... We have had previously on the process of weeding out, which was uh, SST 37 for folks who want to go back and listen to that one. Here's what it said in that uh, spin advertisement. It says black flag. The most uncompromisingly powerful sound is the sound in your head. Black flag knows what that sound is and plays it for the world to hear. <laughs> yep. Now, what struck me this time in listening to Southern Rise is this is like, this is the Black Flag Blues kind of, hey? But I don't love this one. I, there's better flag instros for me. It's kind of meandering for me. Yeah. It's not the strongest one on the process of weeding out for sure. I'd say it's probably the weakest yeah. for me. It's an interesting uh, intro to the record. But anyways, I mean... that That's just my opinion. I have to say that anytime anything Black Flag comes up because... <laughs> You're going to get lambasted. Oh, I will. Yeah. Yeah. If you love that song, if you love this song, that's great. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to something new. The next track is Blind Idiot God, the song Dark and Light. Here's what it says in that spin ad. The blind idiot God sits alone. Without sight and logic, his frustration and hope take shape in the form of brilliantly shifting sonic masterpieces. The song Dark and Light 
is from the album Blind Idiot God, which is SST 104, which we'll get to in a couple of episodes. And I'm looking forward to it after hearing this track. I mean, me too, man. Yeah, I've listened. I've listened to this record before. It's a long time ago. I have a new set of ears on for sure in, in now in my 40s listening to Blind Idiot God. And I quite like this tune, actually. Yeah, it's great. Kind of dystopian industrial sounds. Yeah. Uh, which I really love. It has a definite post-punk killing joke kind of si- sound to it. Can't wait to get to them. Yeah. Almost. I don't know if you caught this too, but I mean, it reminds me of the first two Chili Peppers records. Mm, maybe the bass playing. Yeah. Yeah, for yep. sure, man. And I thought that, you know, the name of the song Dark and Light, that's another thing about instrumental music. It's like you, and maybe this is what the spaceman was getting at, you know, when you've got words in the song, I mean, the name of the song is so obvious, but when there's no words in the song, you're trying to find some meaning in the name of the song. And this song kind of sounds like dark and light. All right. Well, you want to go on to uh, the next track? Yep. It's Henry Kaiser. I'm not going to pronounce this right, but the song is uh, Shugagaki for Conlon. I think you nailed it. Okay. Thank you. And, um, Here's what it said in that spin ad. One of the world's most prolific guitar players, Henry Kaiser incorporates sounds of the world and filters it through his unique perspective. And he is super prolific. He's got tons and tons of stuff. He's he's known as an idiosyncratic soloist, a sideman, and an ethnomusicologist and film score composer. He's got just tons and tons of releases he's played with um well there's a track on here where he plays with fred frith as well um but he's also played with like nels klein he's appeared on over 200 albums hey it's crazy yeah he's he's super prolific we've he we've heard him before he was on a zoog's rift record too yeah um on uh shugagaki for conlin henry is found composing on the synclavier or synclavier the most advanced digital computer available The song is from Henry's album, Devil in the Drain, which is SST-118. And you can really tell it's the Synclavier. And for the Zappa fans, you know, this is is what Zappa sounded like in the mid to late 80s. Yeah. That's what I kept thinking about was those, like, later Zappa albums that I'm not a huge fan of. Not really a huge fan of of this track either, although I do like Henry Kaiser and I'm looking forward to to getting to, into into his albums for sure. There, the best part about this was for me was there was some pretty wild soloing going on. Yeah, the best part for me was the bass chording on it. I really yeah. like that. But it's a pretty jumbly song, and that's those Synclavier or Synclavier. They seem to lend themselves to a lot of really re- repetitive chaos, almost sounding stuff. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not my favorite era of Zappa either, but. Uh, Next is um, a song that I enjoyed way more. It's by Elliot Sharp, and it's a song called Shopping Mall, spelled M-A-U-L, which I thought was perfect for this tune. It's like that DOA song, DOA with Jello. Which is that one? Give me an M, give me an A, give me a U, oh, give yes. me a L, give me your money. What's the what's that last last of last scream of the missing neighbors? Is that the one? What's the, uh, what's the name of that album that it's off of? DOA and Jello. Come on, uh, Brant. 
That sounds right. Well, I have it here somewhere. That sounds right. Last Scream of the Missing Neighbors. I think that's right. Yep. Yep. The uh, the spin ad from 87, it says, Elliot Sharp, as a composer and performer, E. Sharp is without peer in his radical compositional technique. Layers of found sounds and deliberate manipulations of audio psyche abound. And you like this one, hey? I do, yeah. I don't know. It just reminded me of, for some reason, I was just thinking about like how much I hate being at a shopping mall and how this is the perfect soundtrack for me being <laughs> grouchy at a mall. It couldn't sound more 80s to me, this yeah. one. Oh, yeah. It sounds very dated, like especially with the sound effects, like the breaking glass and stuff. It actually sounds like it would fit on that TV show Stranger Things. Yeah. that And I don't know. It just reminded me of how much I hate going to the mall. It was perfect for that. <laughs> um, all right. Then the next song is Lee Ronaldo, Florida Power. Lee Ronaldo from Sonic Youth, of course. And this comes off of the uh, From Here to Infinity album, which is SST 113. It's interesting, though, on this, it's it ends side one of the album and the song trails out in the runout groove. Hmm. So it doesn't have like the full track. It kind of just there. There are there are like there's actual grooves in the runout groove, and then that's how the side ends with okay. uh, with uh, with kind of the tape loop, I guess, or whatever it is. Um, for Lee Ronaldo, it's it says in the Spin, Spin Magazine ad by bringing the guitar kicking into the '80s, Lee has pushed the sonic capabilities of the guitar further than most anyone here. True sonic life is what it says. So this to me was kind of like a bit of a throwaway at the end of side one to me, honestly. Yeah, it's just like a 30 second tape loop with some static over top of it. Didn't yeah. really do much for me. Not that exciting. Um, flip it over. Then we get to Lawndale, who has uh, the first track on side two. We heard from Lawndale on the Beyond Barbecue album, which was episode SST 87. Yep. People, people should go back and check that out. And it's funny when Lawndale, when I got to Lawndale, I was like, Hey, it's Lawndale. I was, I was kind of pumped to hear them. It, it was, uh, I kind of forgot about them again. Yeah. Like Lawndale, man. Yeah. This track's cool. Another aptly named track from, from Lawndale. I, I really like their song titles. When I was listening to this, I was like, that has to be Greg Ginn on lead guitar. And I looked it up, and sure enough, it is yeah. on this track. Yeah, the song is March of the Melted Army Men. And it just reeks of that 80s surf sound, and I like it. You know what, for me, though, take out the surf elements of this song, like the reverb and stuff, and like distort the guitars a little bit more, and you have the making of a Metallica instrumental. Like, they have a song called The Call of Cthulhu. Okay. And, or or the making of an Iron Maiden epic. <laughs> totally, man. Anybody who likes those bands could hear that in this song, I think. And remember, remember Ryan, when we were talking about Lawndale, I think on that episode, we were talking a little bit about a band we like called the Insect Surfers, who are yes. also like a heavier surf band. Yes. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I yeah. mean, I don't know the Metallica or the Iron Maiden reference, but, you know... The 80s surf stuff had like some very 80s sounding stuff, but also it was way heavier than 
the 60s or 70s stuff for sure. Way more intense. Yeah, and here's the uh, here's the ad, the ad quote from Spin in '87 on Lawndale. It says, "Supposed historians of the vast legacy of instrumental music, Lawndale are more like pirates as they pillage and plunder the lands of Dick Dale and Django Reinhardt." Ooh, that's yeah. a good, that's a good one. Let's go on to the next one. It's Glenn Phillips and the song "Vista Cruiser," and the thing that struck me about this rec- this song is it really reminded me of that Devo record, Shout. Okay. Sounded a lot like that. Here, here's what um, the ad in Spin said about Glenn Phillips. For more than 20 years, the name Glenn Phillips has been synonymous with breathtakingly beautiful guitar playing, timeless guitar stylings. And Glenn Phillips is another like ultra-prolific session avant-garde guitarist like henry kaiser elliot sharp like yeah yeah and look i'm just gonna tell all our listeners like we're gonna get way more into these artists when we get to their albums too i know i know we have listeners who are big glenn phillips fans we're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive into glenn when we get to his album and for people who are interested, I mentioned that some of these people are still making music. Glenn has a new book, CD, DVD combo called Echoes. The Hampton Grease Band, My Life, My Music, and How I Stopped Having Panic Attacks. Apparently he he had a really bad anxiety. And uh, it's a bit of a, a history plus a self-help book. Um the new album's called The Dark Parade, and the DVD is uh, a 40th anniversary live show of his, uh, a performance of his, I think it's his debut album, solo album, Lost at Sea, which came out in 1975. When I listened to this track, which I really liked, by the way, this one has me really excited to get to Glenn Phillips. Yeah, me too. I was thinking of Kraftwerk. Oh, yeah. I kept I kept wait, waiting for someone to go, Trans-European Express. <laughs> It does definitely have that driving sound for sure. Yeah. I really liked like the noisy bursts in like the chorus part of the yeah, guitar. Yeah. 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 Loved it. I really liked this track. Yeah, me too. All right. Then next is Pell who we mentioned earlier in reference to Steve Fisk and the song Cinecita. In a Spin Magazine ad, it said, driving rock music with an intelligence unmatched by most any other band. Like their name, the band is a collisional hodgepodge of incredible dynamics. And for me, um, it like with the keyboards on this record, the thing that came to my mind is this wouldn't be out of place on like a shadowy man on a shadowy planet record, actually. That's what I wrote. It's like when Brian Connolly plays keys in shadowy men. Yeah. It, yeah. But it's but it's that particular sound of the keys, right? Yeah, it is, yeah. But there's some surfy elements to it, to the guitar tones too. So it's a cool track. I'm really looking for, forward to more of their stuff as well. All right, the last track on this side too is by Paper Bag, and we had Paper Bag on before on episode 76, the Ticket to Trauma album, and the uh, the magazine ad says for Paper Bag creating spiraling towers of sound without blueprints. Paper Bag is an improvisational band who creates solid structures 
off the tops of their heads. And that's right. And we really liked Paper Bag when we went through them 20 some We did. 20 some yeah, episodes ago. I didn't love this song. It's actually, you want to talk about new age music. This is kind of new agey with the chimes and Chime. the birds chirping. And the, yeah. uh, it, all I could think about every time I heard this track, and I listened to this a ton this week, was this sounds like the first two minutes of the Rush song Xanadu. Oh, Xanadu. <laughs> now I want to listen to Rush. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the weaker tracks for me, for sure. Yeah, love Paper Bag. Didn't didn't love this track though. Yeah, and especially after you follow Lawndale, Glenn Phillips, and Pell Mell, like those are pretty solid tracks. And then this one comes on, yeah. eh? Not really. Yeah. I guarantee you, there's better stuff on that Paper Bag record that we're coming up on next. All right, side three, Scott Colby, with the song "Let's Go Places and Eat Things." Scott D of Colby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um wasn't scott on a zoogs album yeah scott d of colby yeah yeah so scott d yeah. of colby he was on a zoogs record um, i think he's been on all of them it says here um slide guitar wizard extraordinaire scott colby is the bridge between the delta and future taking traditional music a step further with a slide on his mind scott colby's insane man that record that he did is really good and uh, I'm really excited to get to it. You throw in some vibes and you have a total Frank Zappa song here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really love the tasty licks that Scott throws in here and there. And what an interesting idea to be like to play slide guitar in like a jazz style. As your thing. Yeah. Yep. And hey, he was and, in, he was in Zobus. Don't forget. He was. Yep. Yep. Great stuff. Looking forward to more Scott Colby. Can't wait to get to his record. And I'm sure we'll be hearing him on the next Zoogs. I'm hoping. Yeah. I think it's the only track with some trombone and sax on it, too. Hmm. On this record. Next track is Lawndale. Days of Pup and Taco. Great song again by Lawndale. Yeah. More of that traditional surf sound. Yeah. That, uh, one. that one's off of the Beyond Barbecue. The... Uh, the previous track, The Melted Army Man, is from the second album by Lawndale, Sasquatch Rock, which we'll get to on SST-125. Next is another paper bag song, Priests on Drugs. Again, like, without any lyrics, and with names like that, you just start thinking of the music and getting these visions in your head, and, you know, I ended up thinking that that's a pretty aptly titled song. <laughs> Same. It kind of conjures up a picture in your mind. I, I don't actually remember this song from the Ticket to Trauma, which I remember really liking, but it's an interesting jam. Uh, I really like it when Kenny Ryman starts going off on the keys Yeah, in this one. Yeah, and again, like for people, you know, go back and listen to SST 76, that episode, to learn more about Paper Bag. But, you know, an instrumental band improvisational band with no set structures and it's uh it's far out very far out yeah yep next our first track by universal congress of and this song uh chasing is from the album universal congress of which we'll get to at sst 109 and man i can't wait yeah me too although i have to say like i like this song it 
really sounds a lot like something Mahavishnu Orchestra would do, like to start off a track before they totally go off. Yeah. I was, when I saw Universal Congress of was on this record, I was really hoping for something a little more skronking, you know? I don't know. I really like, I really like this song. I really like the Universal Congress of albums already. And this is a great song on the album. It's a great song on this comp as well for me too. I think it's really well placed. And I got to tell you, like I listened to this record a number of times this week and it's the only song that for some reason hit the right moment, the right listen, the right time of day where it made the hair stand up on my arms. Some of those crescendos were, they were pretty intense for me. I loved it. Yeah, I liked it too. All right. Next is Steve Fisk, a solo tune, Johnny Smoke, Swamp Thing. And I've got a question for you about this one, like right off the bat, Brant. Okay. Um, I think you're a bigger Buttle Surfers fan than I am. And could you make any sort of connection between this song and the song John E. Smoke off Hairway to Sea? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't, but I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> By the Buttle Surfers. Yeah. Why did you? No, I was I was hoping that you could figure it out. Like, is Johnny Smoke like more well known than than I know, or or is there something else going on there? I don't know. I don't know why is it. A, what is Johnny Smoke? I don't know. I didn't Google it. I thought I was yeah. like, if anyone knows, especially a big butthole surfers fan, maybe it's Brant, but I guess not. I I don't know. Somebody will tell us if there is, if Johnny Smoke is like a TV character or something like uh, Diver Dan. Yeah, well, or you've got some homework. Maybe. <laughs> this song's cool. It's it's like department store elevator music gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Here's what it says about Steve Fisk in that Spin magazine ad. Left to his own devices in the great Northwest, Steve Fisk makes his own music. Freed from the values of musical peers, a strange and beautiful reflection of one man's mind. It's off of SST-159, 448, Deathless Days. Apparently, one of Kurt Cobain's favorite records, like top 50 records. Hmm. I don't know why, okay. but we'll see when we get there. Should we flip it over to side four? Absolutely. We're going to get way, way gone, but not too gone. Love the name of this song, Left Holding the Bag. <laughs> <laughs> Super short, one minute long. Always great to hear those Greg Ginn chords, though. But this one, for me, Ginn kind of teases us with the Ginnovations, and then it's over before it starts. Yeah, it's a quickie. For Gone, the Spin Magazine ad says, Thoughts as music collide. Mating sweatily in the night, they explode. The sound of life and death and then rebirth are all gone. Music, that is. And for people who want to check out Gone... You can listen to um, Let's Get Real, Real Gone. That's the SST-61. And Gone 2, but never too gone. That's SST-86. Yeah. Then we go into the Alter Natives and the song Over the Counter Culture. And we've heard this track before on the Hold Your Tongue album, which is SST-75. The Spin Magazine ad says, with a punch to your head, this band is the closest you can get to legal euphoria. Kill jazz, kill punk, killer tunes from the alternatives. And 
the thing that came to my mind when listening to this song is that alternatives record, the songs kind of got lost in each other, but on this, on this record, it really stands out the alternatives. That's a good point. Yeah. Everyone should, if you haven't heard it, should listen to that episode because we did a killer interview with Chris Bobst or he was a great guest anyways. Uh, this track, I I think there was tracks I liked way better than this one. This is the one, I'm sure I said this on the episode, but it really reminds me of a Black Flag instrumental called I Won't Stick Any of You Unless or Until I Can Stick All of You, yep. the main riff. Yep. Uh, but it's still cool, and my favorite part is when it goes into this really noisy, discordant part in the track. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's nice to hear alternatives stick out a bit. Can't wait to hear him again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next, we've got Elliot Sharp again with the song Diurnal, which is a really neat track with strings. Yeah. It just made me think of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a lot of screaking and scronking and scratching. It's 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 reminiscent of some stuff that Tom Waits did on some records, um, some weird spoken word, Tom Waits stuff. Um, it's really neat though. I think it fits on the record. I'm looking forward to hearing Elliot Sharp in particular, um, as, as long as well as Glenn Phillips. I think those are going to be very cool. Yeah. I don't really know the record that this comes off of too well, but I know some of his stuff with carbon, like Elliot Sharp carbon, yep, yep. which we'll be getting to at some point. And I was really hoping for some of that, like, you know, jazz rock fusion stuff. This is not that. No, this is different. This is weird, yeah. like almost like avant-garde string quartet sounding stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next is Frith and Kaiser with the song The Trace. And this is a neat track. In that Spin magazine ad, they don't really have anything to say about Fred Frith on its own. It they just reference Henry Kaiser. But Fred Frith, of course, is uh, very well known in the avant-garde uh, world. And, I mean, we'll get to more on him eventually. But um, I bet you, I, I just, I suspect that you're a bit of a Frith fan, Brandt. Is that right? Yeah, some of it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, it's not my favorite type of avant-garde guitar stuff, but... I kind of get into it now and then. Yeah. Um, this song is kind of a, I mean, it's not my favorite with the, the drum machine and the keys are not, not really doing it for me, but there's some, definitely some shredding and some fret melting there. Yeah. I was really getting off on the guitar soloing, but the track itself is not mind blowing for me. No. Not some like, not like some of the other stuff these guys have done individually. Are, did you ever get into like Henry Cow or anything? Fred Frith? Yeah, I have, I've got some Henry Cow records. Yeah. I never really got into that, but I thought you might have. And then it's not listed on the back of the jacket, but there is a final track by Gone on the record. Yeah, Insidious Detraction. This is a killer Gone track, and it just made me want to go listen to Gone again. Again, episodes uh, 61 and 86 um, also some killer interviews with andrew weiss and sim kane yeah the rhythm section from gone yeah there's definitely some shredding and some slapping and popping on this tune it was a a nice way to close out the record so i mean that's it that's the no age it's a lot to take in yeah yeah but it's great and you can pick it up real cheap on discogs oh yeah 
Yeah. Um, mine's a cutout and it's got like the sticker that would have came on it. Someone peeled it off and put it on the front. Um, right. The album cover is this post-apocalyptic desolate image of like a junkyard or an old old tank, like a water tank or something that's just totally destroyed, like made out of concrete and something just destroyed it, like almost like a, a big wrecking ball went through it. And um, yep. definitely fits the image. We Photos by Don Lewis. Yeah. We've uh, we've spieled some of the stuff on the back of the record here, and there's tons more that we didn't get to. It's uh, it's a pretty good read for when you're listening to it as well. Um, yeah, Spaceman kills it on the liner notes. Yeah, there's just so much to go through on here, and Spaceman killed it in the like this ad in Spin Magazine. It's like the whole sidebar on a page, and. It's just like really, really uh, amazing words. Every single person all the way down. It's very good that way. And uh, there's no dead wax on these things. Not on any of the four sides. Hmm. Nothing. Four sides of vinyl and no dead wax. Well, that just means we can get to the ballot result quicker. Ballot result. I think I know what your pick is, Ryan. Do you know what mine is? I'm going to guess that it's Vista Cruiser by Glenn Phillips. That was one of them, or uh, Scott Colby. Let's go, let's go places and eat things, or uh, the Blind Idiot God track, or I actually really like March of the Melted Army Men by okay. Lawndale. Yeah, and dark. You're right. Dark and light is a good tune. I agree. Some of these tracks, I know we're not going to get another crack at either, other than on the Parent album, which I'm I'm sure all of these albums have other great songs on them. Yeah, but I'm guessing you really like that Universal Congress of track. I would pick that one or uh, Dark and Light by Blind Idiot God. And then um, also that Lawndale song, also Glenn Phillips, Vista Cruiser. So we've got some pretty good overlap there. You should pick, though. Yeah. No, no, you pick. You pick. <laughs> then I'm picking the Universal Congress of song. Oh, okay. I support that. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what's next week? Next week is uh, a record that I know a lot of listeners and myself and yourself have been waiting for. It's SST 103, the Opal album, Happy Nightmare Baby. We've had a number of people during uh, interviews over the, the previous 100 episodes or, or so. We've asked them, hey, like, what should we look out for in the, the upcoming catalog? And almost all of them have pointed out this Opal record, Brant. Yeah, it's a great record. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, all at Mojack Pod. We post all kinds of info and tons of pictures of the bands and albums we discuss on the show. Our blog is mojackpod.com. Please check it out for some exclusive content. If you like what we do and want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to tell your friends about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes is also appreciated. We love hearing your opinions, corrections, and feedback, so feel free to post on our social media sites and send us an email to mojackpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for all the support, and we hope to see you next week.